Good afternoon, I'm Okio. Really a joy to be back to the church on my first posting. Uh, so in the year 2002, uh, 1st August, I reported to work here. And I uh, was posted to faith in uh, end of uh, 2006. And so I was telling some of you right here, uh, I had my first daughter, who is already 17 years old. So I counted back, wow, that has been 16 years uh, since the day I received my second posting out of this uh, Amokyo Methodist Church, the church where I learned how to be a pastor under two pastor in charge. Uh, firstly, the Reverend Sun Chong Hui and of course, the Reverend Stanley uh, Chua. Uh, remember those days. Uh, very fun. Uh, in the midst of that posting, uh, AMKMC led by God uh, uh, to plan right uh, an additional fourth service on top of the 8, 9, 15, and 5 p.m. service like what uh, we are having right now. There was also a service at uh, 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 Bijan uh, Golden uh, Village. Whoa, I uh, remember those days. After preaching at the 9.15 to the you have to rush, right? Uh, drive all the way from here to Bishan. And God is amazing and He's always uh, faithful. There's always a car park lot for a pastor driving from AMK to preach at the cinema hall uh, right there. Really, it's lunchtime at Bishan. Like, it's a popular uh, place. You know, I always believe, right? Where God leads us, His provision will follow. Amen? His provision will follow. So I want to thank you. I want to thank your pastor in charge, uh, the Reverend Anthony Lee, uh, for this invitation. I had two very good services uh, in the morning, uh, having the privilege to stand here. Uh, well received. I, I thank you, uh, those who were in the earlier uh, services. And now for a third time, uh, I, I thank the Lord. I'm still energized, right? Uh, I'm in the church where there's only one service on Sunday. So now I'm, you know, <laughs> catching up on my stamina, uh, warming up my engine a bit. But we know that God is always faithful. So I ask that you join me. Let's go, let's go to God in prayer. Let's commit this time listening to His Word and this healing uh, service here at AMKMC. Father, we thank you. You are our good, good Father. Always and every time and everywhere, Lord, we thank you. Your presence is with us. You promise never to leave us and not a time will we be forsaken by you. We thank you that, Lord, your hand hold us tight and close to you. And we pray right now as we look to your word, we ask that Holy Spirit, you come and be our teacher as each one of us sit at your feet. May you open our eyes to um, to behold wonderful truth from your living word. So we look to you, we commit our time to you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. When I'm invited to preach at your healing service this, uh, today, I asked Lord, right, for a word for all of you. And God gave me two words, Jehovah Rapha. Uh, as a show of hand, who knows what Jehovah Rapha means? Just, just wave at me if you know. Okay, a few of you, Jehovah Rapha. It's, it's the name of God that quite a number of us are f- familiar with. But then the Lord led me to this passage, which I will read now, because in Exodus 15, I didn't know that this was the very first time the Lord revealed himself as Jehovah Rapha. And so for some of us preachers or Bible 
teachers, we know that this is the law of first mention being at work. Each time, right, when the Bible reveals something new for the very first time, it's called first mention. And when there's this first mention of uh, character and nature of God, we have to pay special attention. So church, here it is, the first mention of Jehovah Rapha. If you have your Bible, whether in the hard copy Bible or in your gadget, follow me reading from verse 22. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days, they traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. And that is why the place is called Marah. So the people grumbled against Moses saying, What are we to drink? Then Moses cried out to the Lord. And the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water and the water became fit to drink. Then the Lord issued a ruling and instruction for them and put them to the test. He said, If you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in His eyes, if you pay attention to His commands and keep all His decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Then they came to Elim, where there were twelve springs and seventy palm trees, and they came there near the water. This is the word of the Lord. So friends, after leaving Egypt and passing through the Red Sea on dry ground, the Israelites find themselves or found themselves three days in the wilderness, a barren desert without water. Quick survey. How long can a human being survive without water? How many days? Three days, right? How long can a human being survive without food? Seven. No, actually, not true, you know. Singaporeans cannot survive without charcoal after seven hours. <laughs> so yes, three days. And so, without water... And not seeing water for three days, it must have been very exciting to see water at Mara. But to learn that it was undrinkable, oh, it was devastating to them. Just imagine, right? If you are so thirsty and you're on the verge of dying, right? And someone passed you a bottle of water, holding it in your hand, only to discover that that water is contaminated, polluted, not fit for consumption. Can you imagine? It's like hope so near, so close, but yet it became an empty, false hope. And that's how they were feeling. So what was the problem with the water? Verse 23 tells us that it was bitter. Not sure the reason why, but we know that it cannot be consumed. So as their bodies cried out for water, did they cry out to God for help? The answer is no. We read in Exodus 15:24, the people, instead of crying out to God, they grumble against Moses. Why? Why do you complain to a fellow sufferer? Is it a case where Moses had lots of bottles of drinks with him that he refused to share? No. But why were they complaining against their leader when their leaders were together with them 
in the same situation in the same boat. Why complain? Why rumble? Why didn't they go to God? Have they forgotten what God said in Exodus 3 verse 7? The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. And I am concerned about their suffering. Wow! Turn to your neighbor and say that God knows your suffering. And I'm not the reason behind it. <laughs> so once enslaved in Egypt, living miserable life under the Egyptian slave drivers, did God turn a blind eye? Did God shut his ears to their groans and cries of anguish? The answer is no. God is a God of love. God said, I've heard them crying and I'm concerned about their suffering. God is aware how each one of us is suffering. He knows what is happening and He knows exactly how we are being affected by it. Your pastor mentioned I'm uh, pastoring at Cainhill uh, Methodist Church. This church is situated uh, based in the school, ACS Junior. So it's near uh, uh, Newton Food Centre, a place where you get a lot of uh, nice supper. Oh, the Cha Kui Tiao, the Chai Tao Kui, the Oloa. Okay. I must be thinking of dinner right now. So it's a place where, uh, we are, we are at, we, we, we minister out of that place. And, and two years ago, this school started a, a con, a building project. They're building a new annex block and then there are a few other facilities. And so to build these facilities, we have, uh, migrant workers, friends, Right, to our construction friends to help us uh, complete the uh, project. So as a church, we have been reaching out to these migrant workers. Uh, certain day after their work, we ask them to gather, and so that we can bless them with uh, rice, some drinks, milk, uh, and some of the things they like. Sometimes we bring them clothing, and sometimes we bring them bags. You know, things that will uh, as a way of saying thank you to them for helping us uh, build these new facilities. Uh, two weeks ago, uh, we had another round of blessing them, bring our goodie bags uh, to them. But on that afternoon, God told me something because I was asked to pray, right? Even as we give the bags to them, I sense in my spirit that God wanted to bless them more than all these physical goodies. So I told them, friends, today, God wants to bless you beyond all these things that we are giving to you. God wants to heal you. Straight away, one of them right, raised his hand and came forward and said, I have toothache. Can you pray for me? I said, of course. So I asked uh, one ministry partner to pray for him. And while we were praying for this particular friend of ours, I felt a sharp pain on my left ear. So I said, what's going on, God? What's going on? He said, because in the midst of uh, uh, these construction workers, right, some of them are having problem with the left ear. So then, in faith, I released that word of knowledge. I said, who of you are experienced pain on your left ear? Immediately, two of them said, yes, it's me, it's me. They came forward and we started praying for them. 
And after prayer, I asked them, did God heal you? They said, yes. Only to also for me to realize after the prayer is done, the pain on my left ear was gone. Praise the Lord. The Lord knows. Even before we articulate, it is true. Someone else that their suffering was made known and God responded to them. In our last healing service at New Methodist Church, which I didn't tell the earlier two services, uh, uh, after preaching the word, and then we ask people to respond by coming forward. So uh, we are in the school auditorium, uh, an auditorium that can sit 700. And so, you know, for those who sit at the back, it will take quite uh, a few steps before they can come right to the front for the pastors and the ministers to pray for them. One lady had a prayer need, had a healing need that wanted God to heal her. She stood up, she took one, two, three, for less than 10 steps, she received her healing. And then she walked back to her seat, praising God for the healing that already taken place even before anyone laid hand to pray for her. Let's give God a clap offering. God is good and He's amazing. God does pay attention to our uh, sorrow. And he is the good, good father. He's never indifferent. He cares for us deeply. And hear what the psalmist says in Psalm 56, uh, verse 8. You have taken account of my miseries. In some version, wanderings. In some version, you have taken account of my tossing. Do you know why the psalmist talk about tossing? You know when we go through tough times, when we receive bad news, when we are worried about finance, when we struggle with what tomorrow will bring, we can't sleep at night, correct? And when we can't sleep at night, we will toss to the left and right, right? because our soul, our, our being are being disturbed. There's no rest. Also, we are restless, even lying. It can be the most expensive mattress in the entire world. Still, because there's no peace within us, we couldn't sleep. And some people say, if you can't sleep, count sheep, right? One, meh, two, meh, three, meh. But you know what? Even if we are counting sheep, God is counting the number of times we turn to the left and to the right and to the left and to the right. That's what the psalmist is saying here. And more, he says that the psalmist, right? The psalmist says, God put our tears in his bottle. Do you know why? The teardrop, as far as God is concerned, are not saline water. Who is the first person to invent memory chip? It's not Taiwan. God is the first one who invent memory chip. Every tear represents something of our life. The pain, the misery, the suffering that we go through. Every teardrop says something. It represents what we have been subjected to and God collected them. And the psalmist even went further to say that God has a journal. He has a book. And this book records all that we are experiencing 
And so he takes notice of every cry, every tear, every pain matters to him. And more than that, God responds to the suffering of his people. Exodus 15 verse 25, Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord, I underline that, showed him a log, a tree, a piece of wood, and then he threw it into the water, and the water became fit to drink. In some version, the water was sweetened. Not only was the water cleansed, right, for consumption, the water was sweetened. I think this is an analogy of the Christian life that we live. The blood of Jesus, right, cleanses us. What can wash away my sin? What's the next line? Nothing. What a beautiful singing in the house of God. Let's do that more. I know it's in the heart of your pastors, led by Pastor Anthony. As I understood the team, God calls. May God calls many more to be on site. And he's encouraged just before the service. Wow, today attendance not bad. Uh, saying the number. It really encouraged your pastors, uh, those who labor hard in God's vineyard. And, and spread the word, friends. Spread the word. Get more brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, members, friends, and, and, and uh, uh, seekers to come. Right here, there's anointing when worship. There's anointing when prayer is made. There's anointing when your smile can bring an impact to someone who is here. That's what I was told in one of the retreats that Pastor Stanley right, uh, 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 had uh, when I was with him. Those years, it's a silent retreat. During mealtime, we are not supposed to talk. We just eat our food and then went on to the next phase of the retreat. That day, at the dining table, I saw the church member who joined the retreat and she kept staring at me. I said, oh, why? Uh, is there rice on my... Then she said, Pastor, you never knew that sometime when a servant of God served God faithfully and the countenance can already be a blessing to a church member who is struggling, who is having difficulty. And then she said, keep smiling, Pastor. Keep the smile on. Even our smile can minister the grace of God. So it's wonderful to be on-site, face-to-face gathering. It's very important. Come back and, and be here. And, 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 and know that when we continue to be close to God, being cleansed by the blood, beyond cleansing us, God make each one of us a sweet fragrance of Christ. That's what is meant here. Right, we, we are that sweet fragrance and there's something that I have already said, something that God will release through us that we become the instrument of blessing. So turn to your neighbor now and say, thank you for blessing me today. So God transformed the water. God is able. God is powerful. The message here is clear. We can count on God to show us the solutions to our problems. Just as God showed Moses what needs to be done. My question is this. Have we been paying attention to the solution God is showing us? Or we turn a blind eye or our, we, we put God in a box that He must only answer our prayer that way? I asked a friend, 
this question, why are there unanswered prayers even though the person could be walking rightly with God? He's a blameless person. You see, William, there's no such thing as unanswered prayer. I say, what do you mean? Sometimes it's our fault. We think that God must answer our prayer according to our terms. And God has already provided the ways and the solution. We simply did not bring ourselves to embrace what God has provided. We should choose to rely on our own understanding and our own wisdom. And so we miss the solution that God has given us. And know that uh, um, it's so important for us to pay attention to the solution that God is showing us. And let me share this story. About four weeks ago, I received this notification from ICA to say, Sir, your passport is ready for collection. Uh, please book an appointment and collect your passport at ICA building. So I did that. Uh, I went in uh, with the hope of trying to book an appointment to collect my passport. Goodness, it's all fully booked from June, July, August, uh, September, October, and I'm supposed to fly this Friday. So I asked a friend, how? <laughs> there isn't even a slot for me to book an appointment to collect the passport. So he said, just go, just go to the ICA building. By the way, why didn't they allow you to collect at the Singpost? I said, I'm not sure. So I went. I reached there about 10 plus. Goodness, I, when I make my way to the second floor, it is Pack. <laughs> There's no way to walk freely. It's so crowded, so squeezy. So when I, I reached there, I saw this gentleman all the way queuing up to the toilet. And I'm not exaggerating. Uh. So I asked him, Sir, is this where the, the queue starts? No, the queue started there. I said, Huh? There? There is where? So anyway, I just went. Uh. For, by the time I walked to the center of the, the crowd, I saw this uh, gentleman in uniform. He's like the crowd control officer. Why are you here? Oh, you are so fierce. Yeah. I said, I'm here to collect password. Take your IC, scan your IC there and get a queue number. Okay, okay, okay. So I did that, like, went, scanned, and then gave me a queue number. Oh, I waited three hours. Yes, three hours. <laughs> so it was my turn. Uh, there were two other persons who jumped queue, right? Each time I said, hey, next number, bleep, but it's my number. No, they just cut queue, you know. So I was like, hey, if the third person do that again. But anyway, it did not happen. <laughs> so I, I, I went, you know, right? After three hours, and it's past lunchtime. So I went and he said, uh, okay, I passed the IC. Then uh, I have to scan my both thumbprints. Then they have to scan the iris. So I asked the question, is it? Because they did not accept my uh, biometrics uh, uh, particulars. He said, yes. He said, the office uh, approving your password deemed unsatisfactory. That's why instead of allowing you to collect at Simpost, you must come to ICA building. I said, okay. So we did all that. Then she asked the question, sir, where is your old passport? I queued for three hours. Tolong, tolong, please. Can I have your IC again? So she took my IC, checked my data. You are safe. 24th April expired, so I don't need your old password. Oh. <laughs> so carry on with the uh, passport collection. So I was asked to sign and everything. So with my passport on my hand, 
I ask a question. Why are they queuing outside? Like you, you have to queue to get a queue number to come in, right? Sorry, what do you say? Why why are they queuing outside? Yeah, well, in order to come in to collect passport, you have to queue in order to get a queue number in order to wait here to get your passport. See what God has done? It is good to be scolded by the, the security guy. It is good to have a fierce person coming to you. Nothing wrong with them. Sometimes we misinterpreted, right? And we deem certain misery of ours, right? And we point fingers at God to say that, God, you are unfair. All this time while I've been loving you, worshipping and being faithful, why are you doing this to me? And so we start to grumble and we fail to see God's solutions. And sometimes, at a later date, will that solution be known and revealed to us? We just have to keep calm and keep believing that God is truly desiring to do life with us. He's in our midst and He's amongst us for our good. You know the song Waymaker in Chinese? Do you know? In Chinese it's called Kai Lu Zhe. God is the one who opens the way. Kai Lu Zhe. So don't misinterpret him and think that he will not open the way for you and become bitter like the Israelites. When we read this Exodus 15 account, who do we identify with? Moses or the Israelites? I'm not sure about you, but let me be very honest with you. Often we think that we are always very godly and holy. When problems come, we sure go to God. That we sure cry out to Him. Are you sure? Can I confess? William Sam is not like that. He is a complaining king. You might have wondered why is there a doctor title after my reverend? Because a um, few years ago, I pursued um, a doctorate program and it's uh, a course conducted by a university in Dallas. And so I have to fly there to take some uh, classes. So I did. So I went uh, uh, to Dallas, flew there that day, reached the airport uh, 12 midnight. And so I texted my wife, telling her that uh, I'm safe, I've landed and uh, I'm queuing to clear the, the customs on the immigration. And after queuing for maybe 45 minutes with only four persons left in front of me, this lady officer again very fierce to me and says, Sir, can you go and join the other queue? I said, No, 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 no. I'm on this queue. There's only four persons. I want to stay here. Sir, go. Okay. So I went. Quiet, quiet. I went. There are 50. 15 persons in front of me in the queue. You know how upset I was? I started taking out the phone and WhatsApp my wife and now it's 1am in Singapore. I was torturing her. Complain and complain. I said, why? Why did they do that? And while I'm on this queue with 15 more persons in front of me, the man behind the counter will just weave in and out. I'm not sure. Why? Why is this happening? So everything was just boiling in front of me and become a very grumpy 
person and kept testing my wife until my wife had enough. She said, can you stop complaining? God must have something good in store for you. Just wait. Okay. You know, other than listening to the Holy Spirit, uh, better listen to your wife or husband. Sir. Because I realize they are always used by God right, to bring us back on the right track. And all wives here will say, Oh, uh, quite loud, uh, quite loud. <laughs> so, after that, I cleared the counter, went to the counter to show my confirmation of the car I booked. Back in Singapore, I reserved a, a, a Kia one liter car. This car will take me from this family who hosted me in Dallas and make my way to Southern Methodist University. It's about uh, 20 minutes, right? So, I needed a car to. Uh, 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 travel around. So the confirmation letter is uh, inside this Bible, this exact Bible. So I left it on the counter. I took the confirmation letter and passed it to her. She was not even interested in the confirmation letter. She asked, is this your Bible? I said, yes. Do you read the Bible? I said, yes. You know, I'm still grumpy, uh, by the way. Yes. Why do you read the Bible? I'm a Christian. <laughs> so I was like, why are you asking me about the Bible? <laughs> I wanted to get the car. I mean, I'm still in that bad mood. Lah. So <laughs> after that, she said, okay, um, let's stop here. We will deal with the admin, admin staff later. Can you follow me? And Nissan Infinity just came in. Right before my colleague let it go to other customers, I want you to have it. Can you follow me? So he asked, she asked me to bring my luggages and all, put my stuff in the car, and then come back on to the counter. But I was hesitant. I said, uh, but I booked a one liter. I have a budget constraint. Can I not take that infinity? She looked at me and said, sir, did you reserve a GPS? I said, I did not because it's expensive. 14 US dollars, then I'm not going to get the GPS. Then she looked at me. Since you read the Bible, oh, literally the power of God's word. Since you read the Bible, I'm going to give you a good offer. Okay, what's your offer? He said, the offer is this. I'm going to allow you to upgrade from a 1 liter to a 2.5 liter infinity a luxury car and throw in the GPS off for 10 US dollars a day. I said, oh, sounds good. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. And so that was the story. Driving it for three days, just like the Israelites in Mara. Something happened. The GPS went Goya. So it didn't work and I struggled. I have to go to Arms, right? This uh, retail store, ask them if I can uh, uh, use their phone, which uh, kindly they allow me. And to cut the long story short, I was asked to bring this car to the nearest outlet they have in another airport in order to change, exchange the GPS, which I did. In the course, I have to stop the car 12 times at least to ask how do I get to uh, that place. So it was, uh, yeah, not easy. 
went there, gave them the GPS. They said, no, also give the car key. I said, no, 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 I'm not here to change the car. I'm here to change the GPS. But she said, no, pass me the key. So I passed her the key, the GPS. Half an hour later, she came back, sir, your car is ready, please go. So I went, I saw this black SUV. Couldn't recognize the brand. And she explained that uh, the GPS is inbuilt in the car, so I, she doesn't need to give me an GPS. Okay, so I tried. Indeed, it works in the car. And so I drove back to the house uh, where I stayed with this old couple. They asked me, why didn't I ask for help from them? I said, no, because they are elderly in their 80s. I do not want to uh, trouble them. Then the lady host asked me, so what car did they give you? I said, I'm not so sure. It's spelled L-I-N-C-O-L-N. Lincoln? She stood up, went and peered the curtain and then take a look at the car. And then she rushed back and said, wow, you truly were given a Lincoln. I said, why are you so excited about this car? This is one of the most expensive cars in the United States. And it's being used by the Secret Service. Really? Oh, wow. God is so good. No wonder when I park the car in school, sometimes the lectures overrun and, and I do not have enough for the parking meter. No one dare to summon me. <laughs> then something else happened. Two days later, I went to a petrol station, bought some drinks. I was thirsty. Put it at the side passenger's uh, seat. I mean front passenger seat. And then because I brake too hard, the thing just fell off and I want to retrieve it. But as I tried to retrieve my drinks, I released the brake and banged the car in front of me. Gosh. Went down and I saw this lady. She was so pale, you know. Maybe she thought that a uh, secret, uh, <laughs> secret service <laughs> purposely, intentionally knocked her in order to question her. So she was really pale. I said, uh, relax, relax. Can we pull to the side? And then let's see the damages. Oh, thank God. Both cars has no scratch, no damages. Amazing. Maybe the hand of the angel just blocked. No? Uh. So everything was intact. And she looked pale, you know. And she, she, she asked for my contact. I said, I don't have a phone, a local phone. I'm not from the uh, United States. I just asked her to take a screenshot of the contract that I entered in for uh, the car. So it was amazing. And, and, and the entire 10 days and all that happened related to the car, just tell me one thing. My wife was right. And it's a reminder to all of us. When bad things happen to good people, the first thing is to be like Moses. Cry out to God. Go to Him. Don't be like the Israelites making that same mistake. Grumble. Do you know why the Israelites grumble? This is the answer. They have been taken out from the physical land of Egypt, but Egypt still lives in their heart. Years of coming, Coming under slave drivers, they have been mistreated. And some of you may be feeling that way. Thinking whether you should change job. 
asking God for a word, whether you should be taken out of certain situation, and you found yourself not in a good place, and you're asking God, God, give me a sign. Am I supposed to still go through this? And so that was what happened for the Israelites. Bitterness was being nurtured in their heart. They have been taken out of Egypt, but Egypt has not been taken out of them. And so this is what God wanted to do. It's not just about what's on the outside, but what's going on in the inside of us. Next slide tells us that the focus of our passage today is truly the bitterness that's been lodged in the hearts of the Israelites. Remember, God says this, and He did not say that I am Yahweh, the one who heals the water. No, He said, I am Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals thee. God wants to heal us, not heals the water. Or should I say that more than healing the water, God is concerned on the very things and the struggles that is lodged, locked, imprisoned. And God wants to set us free and that bitterness has to be taken out. I know Feng Ling uh, is here, seated here after the first service uh, when I'm having refreshment. He said, Pastor, God showed me something. Bitter is spelled at B-I-T-T-E-R. If we take the I out and replace with E, that stands for Emmanuel, God with us, then bitter become better. Praise the Lord. And that's what He's taking that very thing out of us so that we are no longer bitter Christian living on earth. You know, Elim, next slide, my last slide. It's a place, the Bible says, to be wonderful. It's a place of provision with 12 springs, with 70 palm trees. It's a place of blessedness. And I think many of us dream of this kind of life where life can be easy, life can be comfortable, life can be free of worries, free of all these things. And we, we, we pursue the blessed life. And we think that if we are good Christian, then, then we are entitled to that kind of life. But you know what Charles Spurgeon in looking at this verse says? Yes, the entire nation is now in a good place. Place of provision. It will take how many years to finish that supply of 12 springs? 70 palm trees, they could be having family picnic, they're going to have the, <laughs> a wonderful family staycation under the palm tree. Uh, that's the best staycation uh, during those days, right? <laughs> but Charles Spurgeon said this, though Elim was wonderful, there was no miracle, there was no new promise of God, there was no new revelation of God's name. Isn't it true? And I think there's a message here that God 
does not desire for us to be in Mara forever. That's the message. He will bring us to Elim. But my question is this. While we are in Mara, look out for that new promise that God is giving you. Look out for that miracle that God can give you. And look out for that new revelation, seeing God from a new anger that God can bless you with. So Mara is not given to destroy us, to defeat us. Mara is not allowed to be in our life to make things worse. Mara is a place and a place to remind us to keep our focus on God. God is still amongst us even when we find ourselves in a place of affliction. You remember the story of the ten lepers who received healing for their leprosy? That story that Jesus told. Ten were completely healed of their leprosy. How many came back to thank the Lord? Only one. All ten were healed, but only one. So who received the complete healing? That one. Because he received external healing and the healing of his heart being drawn closer to God. Our God loves to heal, but what he loves most of all is to have our heart drawn to him. Pastor Anthony, your pastor in charge will be releasing word of knowledge and I think that God will perform some healing uh, today. I want you to receive with that openness. And let me end with this. The very first verse of our passage today said that the Israelites were finding themselves in a place called the Desert of Shur. S-H-U-R. I went research into the meaning of Shur. And this is what I found. Sure is a word that means fortification. It means wall up. means war. Walls. The Egyptians erect all this wall to prevent enemy from attacking them. So the desert is a place of fortification walls. And I think there's a message there that some of us haven't had our breakthrough in our life with Christ because we have wars, wars of unbelief, wars of uh, reservation, that we think that, uh, I'm not sure I want to believe in this healing thing. Or some of us have given up. Pastor, you don't understand. I've tried and i tried. I'm hitting the wall. And I pray that the walls will come down in Jesus' name. Let us pray. Father, as I started your message saying that you will never leave us nor forsake us, even when we find ourselves to be in the desert of sure, in a place called Mara, still you are there with us. We thank you for the wonderful revelation and the wonderful assurance that even if we find ourselves to be there, there we can experience a miracle, a new revelation of who you are 
and a new promise from you from heaven. So we thank you that you are such a good, good father, always doing, in uh, acting for our good in our midst. So we look to you and we pray, Lord, and I pray, Lord, that your people today, that faith will arise, Lord, uh, from them. Father, we pray that they will run to you and those who are beaten, wearied, and, and, and discouraged, disillusioned, Lord, today. <laughs> May the transformation and breakthrough happen and so that, Lord, we can soar like an eagle through you, with you, and for you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.